Girl Crush Podcast is committed to amplifying Black voices. This week, we wanted to promote the podcast Strength and She, hosted by Bria Gillette. Strength and She is a multimedia podcast that strives to support and uplift brands, businesses, and entrepreneurs. Through podcasting and hosting live videos weekly, Bria highlights women bosses who are making a difference within their community and career path. You can find Strength and She on Apple Podcasts or on Instagram at Strength and She underscore. The Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. We're obsessed with Jennifer Aniston. Pretty good plot. What about her hair? We're very messed up. So there's actually a pretty big spread. This is iconic Jen. It's perfection. I love the ending. Jen was definitely the best. Oh, yeah. It just has it all. It's so good. It's hilarious. Great Jen hair and outfits. This was super entertaining. It's true. Hello, and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Jennifer Aniston, so we watched and ranked all of her movies. For more content related to Jen and the movies we're reviewing, find Girl Crush Podcast on Facebook or connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And if you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find our podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Office Space. This was released in 1999, and in this workplace satire, Peter hates his mundane job. After a visit to a hypnotist, everything changes. He pursues his love interest, Joanna, also known as Jen, and embraces a new laid-back attitude that ends up getting him in a bit of trouble. This movie is available to rent on Amazon Prime, and it also seems to replay on TV a lot, so I actually just DVR'd it, Um, but all the curse words are bleeped out, which is kind of funny. (laughs) For those of you who haven't listened to us before, we rate every Jen movie on five categories. Plot, Jen's character, and Jen's acting all out of 10 points, Jen's hair out of two points, and a Would You Watch Again score out of five points. If you want to hear more about our rating system and how we came up with it, we'd encourage you to check out episode one. But for now, Anne is going to start to dig into the plot of Office Space. So now's a good time to pause and go watch the movie if you'd like, because from here on out, there will be spoilers. Okie dokie. I feel like I need to like put my hair in a bun for this. We're getting into it. <laughs> We're getting into I'm like rolling up my sleeves. Okay. Great messy bun. <laughs> it's like straight up. It takes up half my <laughs> FaceTime screen. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's why we don't do videos. <laughs> so for the plot of Office Space, we rated it a 7 out of 10. Office Space opens with a bunch of people stuck in traffic trying to get to their jobs at Inatech. So we're kind of following a bunch of software employees. Immediately, I have flashbacks to my horrific old commute uh, in Chicago. Terrible. So bad. <laughs> like, so bad. So bad. One and a half to two hours each way. Oh, awful. <laughs> Do not recommend. I don't know how I I don't know how I did that. Yeah, you did that way longer than I would have expected. Terrible. Anyway, Peter is our main character and he looks pretty miserable at only 9:10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Cole plays his boss who speaks in just like really degrading ways to him and really mm-hmm. uh, also iconic ways to him. He's yeah. like, "Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> if you could do that, that would be great." <laughs> So people keep coming up to Peter and telling him about this mistake that he made, even though he had already fixed it, he just simply forgot. Mm -hmm. He seems to have like eight different supervisors or bosses at this job. Infuriating. It is. Steven Root plays Milton, who wears these glasses that make his eyes look gigantic. (laughs) And he barely speaks. He's just kind of mumbling under his breath, repeating himself. And a running theme throughout the movie is that they keep asking him to move his desk. 
Poor guy. <laughs> and I totally didn't recognize him, but we've been watching Boardwalk Empire on HBO, and he mm. plays a character on there, like, complete opposite of, of oh, this really? guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen Boardwalk Empire. And what's the main character's actor's name? Ron Livingston? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Peter, Ron Livingston. Oh. He's also in Boardwalk Empire, which oh, I, nice. Scott also had to point out to me because he looks so different now. I'm sure. So Peter and his coworkers are having issues with their copier. It just like doesn't work or it jams. And I hate work printers. Totally. Especially in the 90s when they had to print stuff out way more often, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Like everything was printed. But now yeah. I don't know. They, I, I'm like never connected somehow. I don't know. We actually have pretty high tech work printers. <laughs> I'm like for someone who works at a technology company, I should be... <laughs> able to use a wireless printer and I cannot that is so funny we have little our like ID cards we press print on our computer and then we can go to any printer scan our ID card and then it'll print whatever we press print for what yeah it's really like it's really crazy I didn't know that there was new technology in printers (laughs) it's pretty amazing who knew one thing about the office that I miss (laughs) I know right yeah I saw a meme recently about how People need to stop asking millennials to print stuff because we don't have printers. We've been relying on our work printers for years, which is so true. So true. Anytime I have to print like a return address label, I'm like, oh, I'll just do it at work. <laughs> I love it. So now I'm just not shipping anything back. I'm just keeping everything I buy. Quarantine problems. <laughs> also, there's there's a character named Michael Bolton who's super annoyed because he has obviously the same name as Michael Bolton, the singer, which is also something I relate to so hard <laughs> with the name Ann Taylor. <sighs> oh, yeah. How many jokes have you gotten? <laughs> um, Less since we've been in quarantine, thankfully, but yeah, that's usually good. I was averaging at, at least like three a week. <gasps> that's crazy. I know. Uh, I'm like, yes, I know. I'm aware. I know. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I know. so peter and michael bolton and another one of their coworkers, samir go out to breakfast at tchotchkes which is just a restaurant nearby and they're talking about how miserable they are and peter is obsessed with a waitress jen Mm -hmm. at this restaurant even though he's trying to patch things up with his girlfriend Anne. ironic (laughs) name i think not (laughs) actually i take that back she's a terrible person so i don't want to be associated with this Anne. You're way better than her. (laughs) But Anne wants to take him to this hypnosis thing. And he's suspecting that she's cheating on him. And everyone just keeps agreeing with him. They're like, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. As they're coming back to work, one of their coworkers, Tom, is freaking out about this upcoming staff meeting because they're bringing in a consultant. And he's sure they're going to start laying people off. Mm -hmm. So that evening or something, Peter is at home. And... (laughs) He and his next-door neighbor can talk to each other through their walls because they're so thin, which is super funny. And his neighbor has this mullet, and they're they're just kind of buddies. They have plans to go mm-hmm. fishing, and Peter's like, stop talking to me through the wall. Just come over. Right. So at the staff meeting, they introduce this consultant, and it, everyone's pretty much convinced that there's going to be layoffs. Mm-hmm. So Peter tries to take off early on Friday to avoid his boss asking him to work over the weekend. But his computer takes so long to save that he can't escape his boss, who ends up asking him to come in on Saturday and Sunday. Hashtag 90s problems. Yes. Also, hashtag modern problems also. Sometimes I'm like, 
Excel, are you okay? That's true. (laughs) We have a really big workbook open. (laughs) Yeah. So Peter goes to this hypnotist with Anne, and he's telling the hypnotist that every day is the worst day of his life, and (laughs) asks the hypnotist to zonk him out while he's at work, essentially, so he doesn't have to live his work day, essentially. So the guy starts to hypnotize him, counting down from 10, and he ends up collapsing and dying right as he reaches one. (laughs) so peter's feeling pretty good he is pretty zonked out he sleeps through his alarm and wakes up to a bunch of messages from his boss like asking why he didn't come to work that weekend and Anne calls and asks him why he isn't at work and like what's gotten into him mm-hmm. and he says it's because he he doesn't want to he just doesn't want to go to work <laughs> and she's like don't blame the hypnosis and he hangs up on her and then she calls back and loops this message yelling at him that they're through and that she's been cheating on him I have two questions here. Well, first of all, it took me another 15 minutes in the movie to realize that he had slept through the entire weekend. Yes. Not not just Not just the like night. one. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's insane. And I also don't understand how Anne knows that he's not at work. My only thought is maybe if in the 90s, would your boss like call your like next, the next person or something because they can't get a hold of you? I don't know. Like they only have house phones and not really cell phones. You have like a, a phone tree for if you go missing. <laughs> yeah i don't know though that's a good question yeah that's a good point because for the next several scenes i was like man there's a lot of people at the office for a weekend this is weird and then i realized that it was monday yeah so i had the same thing actually they don't really clarify that no so peter goes to the restaurant and i guess apparently this is on monday he goes to the restaurant and asks joanna to have lunch with him Jen and she says she is not really supposed to do that and he's like well I'm gonna go next door and get a table and you're welcome to join me (laughs) he seems to have all the confidence in the world no cares like doesn't care that he's not at work right dressed super casually not nervous at all about asking her out Mm -hmm. so Joanna ends up going to the restaurant next door to have lunch with Peter and she talks about how she likes the uniforms much better at this place (laughs) and they're they're talking about her uniform and she is required to wear 15 pieces of flair which are like buttons or pins or whatever on her yeah and she's not she's not super into it (laughs) no she seems really nervous during their lunch and she asks about his job and he tells her that he sits in a cubicle and recodes bank software for the 2000 switch (laughs) because this is before y2k which was you know obviously a big deal and he tells her that he doesn't like his do you think our listeners know about that maybe some of them because some of them are kind of young that's true well, dear listener, everyone Maybe thought... Maybe they learn about it in history. <laughs> everyone thought in the year 2000 that all the computers were going to just, like, crap out because the date was going to change from the 1900s to 2000. Right, right. They thought it was just going to, like... Ruin the, the world. The economy was going to crash yeah. and the world was going to end. <laughs> I, I am really curious, though. Like, do they, do they learn about that in school? Like, if you were born in, like, 2008? I don't know. I don't know what history books look like now. Yeah, I'd be curious. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. He tells her he doesn't like his job, and he thinks he he's like, I'm just, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. And she's like, are you going to quit? Are you going to get a new job? He's like, no, I'm just going to stop going, and I don't think I'm going to get another job. And I don't really like paying bills, so I'm not going to do that either. (laughs) And she's like, uh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, insane so she seems a little unsure about him as you would and she's like well what do you want to do and he says i want to take you to dinner and then go home and watch kung fu (laughs) 
And of course, slow-mo, zoom in on her face as she says, I love kung fu. <laughs> like she is sold on Peter. Yes. And especially after he just told her basically that he has no ambition in life. <laughs> no. No job. Doesn't want to pay his bills. She's but like, kung, kung fu, fu, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Forget the rest. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh out loud at that. Yeah, it was funny. So Bill, who is Peter's boss, Lumberg, asks Milton, guy with glasses, to move his desk again. And he's, he <laughs> mutters under his breath that he could set the building on fire. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Milton might be a little crazy. Yikes. So Peter goes into work and he tells Michael, his friend, that he's just grabbing his address book and he's leaving because there's a number he doesn't want to lose, which I think mm-hmm. is... Jen's joining us. And Michael's freaking out about how Peter is acting and tells him that he's supposed to go have his interview with the consultant now because they're essentially just like interviewing everybody to see what the heck they do. Mm -hmm. So Peter goes to this interview and he tells the consultants, he's like, well, I usually (laughs) arrive late and I probably only do about 15 minutes of real work a week. (laughs) And he tells them he's not lazy. He just doesn't care. And that his only motivation is not being hassled by his eight bosses, and he doesn't get any extra money for working harder, so why should he? Right. And the interviewers love him. They think he's (laughs) a breath of fresh air. And then as he's walking out of work, he just literally ignores Lumberg, who's Mm -hmm. who's like, so Peter, where have you been? He just walks right (laughs) past him out the door. Meanwhile, Joanna's boss pulls her aside to talk about her flair. And he lectures her that 15 pieces of flair is the minimum, but if she chooses, she can wear more, implying that she needs to use more. Right, she yeah. has his coworker Brian, who wears 37 <laughs> pieces of flair. So back at Inatech, the consultants find out that Milton was actually supposed to be laid off five years ago, but no one ever told him. And there was a glitch in payroll, so he just kept getting paid. <laughs> And they said they fixed the glitch so he won't be getting paid anymore, but they're not going to tell him. They just, they want to like avoid the confrontation and that he'll figure it out. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Insane. And they tell Bill Lumberg that Peter is a straight shooter with upper management potential. Right. And Bill's like, (laughs) Lumberg's like, I don't know, he's been kind of flaky lately. And the consultants tell him that he hasn't challenged Peter enough to really motivate him. Right. (laughs) Just, Just so, so funny. So then there's just kind of this montage of Peter wreaking havoc in the office with this huge smile on his face. And he's been spending a lot of time with Joanna, takes her fishing with his neighbor, and he literally brings his raw fish to work and guts it at his desk, which I just don't understand. No. Not okay. (laughs) Don't. Don't understand. Yeah, don't understand that. Definitely this part, I will admit, we both rewatched this movie because... Confession, we fell asleep the first time we watched this movie. And I can say that this is the part I know I was asleep for. (laughs) Honestly, I don't remember which part I fell asleep for. I would have remembered the fish. That's the only way I knew. (laughs) That's fair. I also feel like this is a plot hole because I thought he just wasn't going to go to work anymore. So I don't really understand what he's doing. Right. Like, why would he go? Right. So Lumberg kind of confronts Peter, who, again, just kind of blows him off. And... He's like, I need you to come back at a different time, Bill. I'm busy. And he's just (laughs) playing Tetris at his desk. So Milton realizes that he hasn't received his paycheck that week. And Bill Lumberg just kind of ignores him. And he's like, we're going to need you to move your desk down to the storage room B. Which is so mean. They're so mean to him. They really are. 
So Peter goes and meets with the consultants who I guess both have the name Bob. And (laughs) the consultants tell him that they're going to lay off Samir and Michael and that they're going to promote Peter and have him manage four people. So Peter invites Michael over and tries to tell him to start thinking about the future. He's like kind of trying to allude to the fact that something might be happening. Mm -hmm. And he asked Michael about this virus that he's talked about creating. And he said it'll rip off the company and it takes the little remainders of fractions of a cent and puts it into an account. And so Peter's like, well, why haven't you done it? And Michael says, it's just not worth the risk. He has a good job. And Peter finally tells him he's about to get laid off. And (laughs) Michael's like, I'm getting laid off. Like you are barely showing up to work. How is this happening? Peter's like, yeah, it's all very unfair. It's all very <laughs> So Peter is kind of inspired to band together with Michael and Samir to essentially steal a bunch of money and then make the company stock go down. And they bring in Samir and tell him that he's going to get laid off in their idea of a plan. But at first, Samir doesn't want to do anything illegal, but Michael and Peter kind of convince him. And they agree they cannot tell anyone, not family or girlfriends. But, of course, the neighbor overhears because he can hear through the wall. <laughs> and he's like, I won't tell anyone, Peter. <laughs> Kudos to that guy. Right. So on their last day of work, Michael copies the virus onto a floppy disk and hands it off to Peter, who installs it on the mainframe. I'm also unsure of that terminology, Allie, but I I think it's correct. (laughs) Floppy disk is definitely correct. Not sure how it all works. No. So one of their coworkers, Tom, is throwing a party that weekend that they're all invited to. He got laid off and got into a car accident and ends up getting a huge settlement. Mm -hmm. So. Peter, that evening, I guess, steals that copier that had, like, been giving them a bunch of issues. And How? How does he get it out of there? I don't know. It looks very heavy. (laughs) It's giant. Yeah. And he and Samir and Michael bring it to a field and destroy it. And there's this, like, slow-mo montage of them (laughs) just essentially beating up a piece of machinery. And then they go home and they have this, like, drunk dance party that is super fun. Yeah. This part's really funny. I I think I like that part. Yeah. I read that, the dancing, because I think Samira, like, break dances during that. And they were told they just had (laughs) the full space. And so they just kind of free soloed it. I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever heard of a rage room? Yes. And I want to do one so bad, but I've never done one. I do, too. It looks so fun. It's like It would be so much fun. It's essentially that you pay to break stuff. Yeah, like you can throw plates, you can like beat stuff with a bat. Yeah. It'd be a good way to get some aggression out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that'd be a good work activity. Yes. <laughs> Might scare your boss a little. <laughs> That's true. So Joanna comes over and she's like, oh, what were you guys celebrating last night? Because there's snacks and booze all over Peter's apartment. Mm-hmm. And Peter pretty much immediately tells her what they're doing, even after they said they weren't going to tell anybody. (laughs) And Joanna goes, so you're stealing. And Peter justifies it by saying anyone would take a penny from the tray at a convenience store, and that's what they're doing. They're just taking pennies. Nobody's going to miss it. Yeah. So that weekend, they go to their old coworker Tom's party, and one of Peter's coworkers tells him that Joanna gets around, in particular with Peter's boss, Bill Lumberg. Mm-hmm. And so Peter is super angry and he confronts her and she says, Lumberg? She's like, that was two years ago. And Peter tells her that Lumberg is his boss and he can't believe she slept with him. And she gets really upset and stands up for herself, saying it's in the past and none of his business. 
and she has him pull over and gets out of the car really angrily and tells him not to call her. Mm-hmm. Go, Jeff. Good for her. <laughs> so Joanna's boss confronts Joanna again about her flair, faulting her for doing the bare minimum because she only has 15 pieces on. And <laughs> she says, she's like, Stan, if you want me to wear 37 pieces, you should just make the minimum 37. Right. And he says he thought she would want to express herself. So she's like, Ugh. she's like, I do want to express myself. And she does this like clap and flick off motion and calls that her <laughs> flair. And that's how she'd like to express herself, <laughs> which is like one of the best it's parts so of the movie, funny. I think. Yeah. There's a lot of pictures on Instagram of like her flicking off her boss. Mm-hmm. It's Lots a mood. of people repost that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Peter goes to a vending. No. <laughs> An ATM machine. <laughs> I mistyped that and I put <laughs> I put vending machine. I mean, uh, it kind I'll of have is. M&Ms and three hundred dollars. <laughs> yep, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Peter goes to an ATM machine and he sees that his savings account has over three hundred thousand dollars. And he picks up Samira and Michael and they're panicking about what to do because corporate finance obviously is going to find out. Yep. And they're upset because this whole scheme was supposed to happen over years and years. It wasn't supposed right. to happen this quickly. And Michael's like, oh, I always screw up the details. I must put a decimal in the wrong place. I'm like, shouldn't you check that before you steal money from your company? I don't know. Like, maybe there's good reason you're getting laid off, buddy. That feels like embezzlement 101. I don't know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so Michael suggests that they launder the money, but they don't know how, and they don't even know what it means, and they literally just, they look it up in a dictionary, which is super funny. physical dictionary. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At least they admit that it's it's nerdy. They're like, we're we're looking this up in a dictionary. (laughs) Right, yeah. And to be honest, like, I feel like I've watched so many crime shows, and I still don't fully understand it. (laughs) I learned about money laundering by watching Ozark. Yes, I've seen Ozark, but I just don't, I, are you inflating the prices? But at one point, Jason Bateman is actually washing the money. I'm like, do you actually do that? Like, <laughs> yes. is that part of the process? From what I understand, yes, you would inflate the prices ever so slightly. Probably, like, they're trying to steal it. I could be totally wrong here. People are going to, like, laugh at me. Whatever. Our audience doesn't know either, I'm sure. <laughs> but then... They then can, like, put small amounts of the bad money in with the legit money, and then it's legitimized by going through a business. So they have a record of it on the books. However, the actual laundering thing, I think, is because, like, if I don't know if it's ever fake money or if it's money that they get, like, straight from the bank that's, like, super crisp. Mm-hmm. And so they want to make it seem like it's been used for a long time. So I think that's why in Ozark, they put it in a machine so that it literally, like, gets crumpled. I don't know. Tell us if we're right, world. Girl Crush Podcast. Yeah, you can DM mm-hmm. us. We won't expose you. Just let us know. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Do we have the right general idea of what money laundering is? <laughs> like, I watched the entire... If Kale were here, he'd probably be able to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the entire Soprano series, and I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what? After this, we can go to dictionary.com modern day and look up the laundering. I would be a horrific criminal. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> also watched all of Breaking Bad and almost all of Better Call Saul, which is entirely money laundering. <laughs> no idea. Don't know. 
You were just not meant to launder money. You're too pure. I was not. <laughs> Please don't come to me for this. I am not the person to help you out of this situation. <laughs> anyway, so Lumberg goes down to the storage room and asks Milton to take care of the cockroach problem down there. And Milton, who has been saying throughout the movie that he's going to burn the building down under his breath, is like, this is the last drop. <laughs> So then Peter learns that Lumberg, the Lumberg that Joanna slept with was a different Lumberg, a young guy, not his boss. Right. And he and Samir Michael are still trying to figure out what to do with this money laundering situation. And this Uh door-to-door magazine salesman comes to the door kind of spouting off about how he used to be addicted to crack and now he sells magazines instead. And so the guys were like crack dealers know how to launder money so they bring him inside and they try to get him to introduce them to a crack dealer and this guy eventually admits he was lying he's actually an unemployed software engineer and they literally tell him everything and such idiots and he blackmails them into buying a bunch (laughs) of magazine subscriptions (laughs) do you still have any magazine subscriptions no do you i do i'm not sure how I'm sure I'm paying for that. <laughs> it was probably like Somehow something just free keeps, like, that I signed up around. for. Yeah. Yes. Like Time Magazine, Women's Health. Wow. Real simple. I do like that one. Bon Appetit. Like several magazines. That's crazy. Scott's like, I you like gonna, a, you going to read your magazine catalog once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. I can't. I don't That's know how to so stop funny. it. I don't know. I'm just going to pay for them until I die. That's probably their whole... Well, (laughs) how do you stop a magazine subscription? You have to, like, call? Who calls anymore? I don't call anyone. Please. No. I'm just going to keep paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael and Samir are panicking about what they've done and that they're going to get caught. And they accuse Peter of taking advantage of them when they were vulnerable and upset about losing their jobs. Which, like, Mm -hmm. is true. Fair. So Peter shows up as Joanna is getting off work, and we find out that Joanna got fired and now is working at the restaurant next door where she liked the uniforms better. Mm -hmm. And Peter's like, well, I'm probably going away for a while. I'm going to take the blame. (laughs) Like, he's going to go to jail. And he apologizes to her about the Lumberg thing and the misunderstanding. And as he's asking for another shot, she interrupts him and says yes and kisses Mm -hmm. him. I don't really get that. Why? Why? I don't know. (laughs) I don't have answers to that. So Peter goes to the office and slips a letter under Bill Lomberg's door with cashier's checks for the stolen money and his confession. And Mm -hmm. he seems to immediately regret it and tries to get the envelope back, but it's too late. Right. So the next morning, Milton is trying to find an answer about his paycheck, and he goes to Lomberg's secretary's desk and is asking where Lomberg is, but he's not in yet. And just nobody's helping him. This lady's like, you'll have to go to payroll. And he's like, well, Payroll told me to come here. Yeah. And he ends up going into Lumberg's office mm-hmm. for, for some reason. I don't know. And when Peter arrives at work, he finds the building on fire. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, yeah. relieved. I, this is confusing to me for several reasons. Yes. One, I'm not sure why he packed a duffel bag. <laughs> like, is he going to camp? You don't get to bring a carry-on to prison, Peter. <laughs> right. And, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, he's told several people now that he thinks he's going to go to jail. And he packs up this duffel bag. I don't know why he would go to work, like, let the police find, like, let the police come to you. Right. And it's it's weird. And the other thing I don't understand. 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, he's just, like, so relieved immediately. Like, he knows that just because his, like, letter of confession was burned up, now he's like, well, problem solved. Yeah, I'm like, are there really no backups of the company's banking information? Right. Like, with right. the bank? Like, <laughs> the company all of a sudden, itself just yeah, goes away? They're just not going to care that there's $300,000 missing? Yeah, I don't understand how he just gets away with it because the building caught on fire. I think it would make it more suspicious that the building caught on fire like two days after $300,000 goes missing. That's a great point. (laughs) Like, I would think the insurance company is looking into it as they're like trying to settle what happened. That would probably come up. But you would think, alas, yeah, another that's just a plot hole we have to accept, I guess. I guess, I guess so. So the movie ends with Michael and Samir. They get another job at a new software company. And Peter ends up leaving the corporate world and gets a job as a construction worker with his next door neighbor, which he seems really happy with. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, you see Milton on a beach muttering complaints about his drink order being wrong. So you kind of infer that Milton found Peter's confession and the money and took it, essentially. Yeah. And that is the end of the movie. (laughs) It's an odd movie. This movie definitely has like a cult following. For sure. What are some things that you liked about it? I mean, if you've ever worked in an office, there's definitely relatable work vibes here. Like, I love my current job, but I can definitely relate to some sentiments in this movie. Yeah, totally. I think that's probably why it got such a cult following, because it's like, if you think to your very worst days, you can probably relate to how he's feeling like at the beginning when he's miserable by like 9, 10 a.m. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why people love it so much because it's almost like that they can fantasize about what they would do if they, you know, had no morals. <laughs> yeah, I like the part where he pushes half of his cube to the ground so he can see the window. And <laughs> also when he just walks past his boss and ignores him. <laughs> and I, I asked Scott why he liked this movie so much. And he was like, just resonates a lot with me from working in an office and it did when I was 14 and saw it for the first time too <laughs> I was like, like okay. he knew he's like this is my life someday <laughs> right yeah <laughs> oh that's funny I love the 90s nostalgia with this movie like I love even though I didn't obviously work in an office in the 90s seeing like what an office looked like and what computers were like in the 90s and the music throughout the movie I think there's something nostalgic about it which I like yeah interestingly enough this movie was actually a flop in theaters I didn't know that so do you know how much it made no clue okay so in the past you've said you thought a good movie would make like a hundred million dollars right uh-huh yeah so what would your guess be for this one well if it was a flop, $20 million? Made about $10 million. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And it really only became popular after coming out on DVD and airing on TV where people started picking it up. Yeah. That actually doesn't surprise me that much because, I mean, it does at first because, like, you hear about it all the time as sort of having this cult following. But mm-hmm. watching it, it's actually kind of a slow movie. And... It's not that exciting of a plot to me. Yeah. It's good. It's interesting, but it's not that exciting. Like, it doesn't hold your attention that long. So I could see how it wouldn't really, like, gain a lot of traction in a theater setting. Yeah, I think this would be a weird one to watch in theaters. And they said at the time it was a really weird movie in general. The movie's creator, Mike Judge, who also co-created Silicon Valley, the TV show, which I really Uh do love, he said, like, I mean, this came out in 1999. It was, like, around Mm -hmm. ramping up, like, in 2003. 
the actors who were in the movie started getting recognized and like yeah. it was a really slow build to being super popular. Huh. So interesting. Right? Yeah. Also, another fun fact, the flare stuff was based off of TGI Fridays because they had <laughs> they had those striped shirts and these mandatory pins <gasps> which they called flare. And oh, a couple years after yes. the movie came out, they got rid of it because people were just making fun of them. <laughs> That's so funny. Side note, I actually love TGI Fridays. I don't know the last time I went to a TGI Fridays. Oh, yeah. It's been years, but it's like my guilty chain restaurant pleasure, I guess. All I can think of for TGI Fridays are the potato skins. Oh, so good. Sizzling chicken and cheese. <laughs> That's my go-to. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, I do love one positive message in this movie, which is that if you are miserable in your job, to give yourself permission to leave or make a change. Because I think that's something that takes people a lot longer than it should. Yes, totally agree. I've been I've been there. I think you've been there. Yeah. Like your career is in your own hands. Do something about it. Yeah. You have the power to make a change. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Maybe not to the extreme that Peter Right, but you don't have to like embezzle a bunch of money, but you could like quit your job and get a new one. You could, that's an option, yeah. But we gave this a seven out of ten, so I know there were definitely things that you did not like about this movie. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit boring as far as the plot goes, and I don't know, I I found myself a couple of times having to rewind it because I realized like I wasn't paying much attention. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit slow moving, so it's kind of easy to kind of forget that you're watching it. Yeah, what about you? I mean, I feel like sticky notes should have a bigger role here, given the movie cover. Yeah. Was there even one sticky note? (laughs) I don't think so. I feel like that's alluding to how they keep asking him if he got the memo. But I'm like, then there should just be memos. Yes. Why are there sticky notes? Right. I don't know. (laughs) As a person who's used literally thousands of sticky notes in my career, I'm like, (laughs) they didn't do the sticky notes justice. That's true. It could have had a bigger role. (laughs) It could have. (laughs) I just feel like the movie cover is not very true to actually what happens in the movie. I totally agree. I hadn't seen this movie until we watched it for this purpose. And my only knowledge of it really was the movie cover. And so I agree. It wasn't what I expected because of the movie cover. Mm -mm. I also just think there's kind of a lot of plot holes in this. They're easy enough to like get over because it's funny and things like that. But the fact that they never get caught in the whole plot hole of just the ending that we talked about, like... Mm -hmm. It all just being fine and everybody forgets about the $300,000. I'm just like, mm, really? But I guess you just sort of accept it. Because it is, it is like funny throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, the biggest one to me is that he says he's not going to go to work anymore. And then he keeps going to work. Even yeah, though he's not caring true. or he's like wreaking right, havoc. Right. But I'm like, goes. they could have just had him not say that. Like if the point was that he hates his job and he's not going to go anymore, then he shouldn't go. Right. That's so true. Yeah. They should have just had him say like he just doesn't care about his job anymore. Right, or he's just going to go until they fire him. Right, right, exactly. So many alternative lines to make that fit. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they just just didn't do it. Yeah, the plot holes lost a couple points, I think. (laughs) Yeah, they were really noticeable to me where I was like, why did they do that? (laughs) Right, right. So for Jen's character, Joanna, we rated her a 7.5 out of 10. There's things I like about her. There's things I don't like about her. For one, she starts to challenge him on the stealing thing when he explains what they're doing, but I don't think her reaction is like super 
believable here. She's just like, so you're stealing. And then he explains it and she's just kind of like, hmm, okay. And I feel like if I were dating someone and found out that they were basically like a white collar criminal, I would like flip out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like to me, that's sort of like, I, I'm like, who are you as a person <laughs> for your reaction that way? Yeah, it, it is a little weird. Yeah. But there's a couple of things I do like about her character. One, I really like how she stands up for herself when Peter is giving her a hard time about a guy she slept with years before. It wasn't like it had anything to do with him. So I like how she stood up for herself there and kind of put a kibosh on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I also think the whole scene where she gives her boss the middle finger is super funny. And the way she's she's like reacting to him before that is totally reasonable like she's like well I'm doing the minimum like if you want me to wear 37 just tell me to wear 37 I'll do what I need to do and then she just kind of like loses it which I think is really funny like she is she's meeting expectations but she's not exceeding expectations right and she's like do I do I need to exceed (laughs) right yeah I don't get I mean, we said this during the plot. I don't really get when she gets back together with him at the end because he said he's sorry after he sold $300,000. And right. at this point, she's maybe also assuming that he's going to go to prison. So, But she's right. like, yeah, let's be together. I'm right. like, what, she, like, kind of, what is chance. this decision? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. Like, maybe it's because he kind of empowered her to change jobs. But right. I don't, yeah, I don't really get that. Yeah, I think overall her character is likable in the movie. Like, she's fun to watch and stuff like that and she you know she acts super cute throughout the whole thing but I do think the reason that we didn't give it higher than a 7.5 is just because we it doesn't seem like she's has a super defined character you know what I mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she's just kind of there yes exactly so I think that's why we, I think 7.5 it's like overall positive but not enough to like give it a really you know knock out of the park score yeah agreed for her acting, we gave her acting a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. There's a couple good parts immediately, like, towards the beginning of the movie, when she's at that lunch with Peter at the beginning. Yeah. She's kind of nervous, and at one point while she's talking to him, she kind of, like, pulls her hair, and uh-huh. she picks out this long piece of long hair and kind of, like, drops it on the floor, which is just, like, an absent-minded habit if you have right. long hair, which I was like, I do that, too. Totally. Me too. Like anyone who has long hair, like looks at their shirt and they're like, "Mm." yep. Yep. (laughs) I'm I'm shedding. That's another reason that I could not be a criminal is because I, my hair would be all over the crime scene. Oh my gosh. I think about this all the time. I'm like, someday there's going to be some crime scene and I would have just walked by (laughs) and somehow I've left behind like several strands of hair. (laughs) I would need a serious hairnet if I was going to be committing any crimes. Yes. (laughs) I think she has a major Rachel vibe in this movie. Like, yes. her voice is that higher-pitched mm-hmm. kind of timbre where she, I don't know, like, it sounds like the Rachel character to yes. me. When I went I back, agree. especially when I went back today and just watched a couple clips of her, I don't know if I realized it while watching the movie straight through, but when I went back and watched the clips, I was like, oh, this sounds like Friends era to me. Yes. Which this was Friends era, but. Right, right. Yeah. I totally agree. What about you? I really like the part. So even though I don't necessarily agree with how she handled when she found out he was stealing, I think her acting through that was good. And I don't know, just I could imagine that a conversation could realistically happen that way, the way she was like delivering the lines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if she didn't respond as strongly because 
they're just like casually seeing each other at that point. Right. They were kind of like newer in the relationship. So they're just driving in the car and he tells her and she's like, so you're stealing. Right, right. And she's like, well, I still didn't get how that's not stealing, but mm-hmm. I just, I like how, I think the way she delivered those lines was funny. Yeah, agreed. So apparently getting her to sign on to this movie made the studio relax a little bit and oh, because they nice. had like one famous person on board. So landing Jennifer right. Aniston was a big deal. And the rest of the stars of the movie say they like give her credit that they got hired at all and that the movie oh, I think, wow. happened at all because yeah. this movie actually wasn't even supposed to be made. It was like a backup option. Something. Wow. Mm, I don't remember. I read this. Yeah. Someone tried to make a movie without some rights, and then it got pulled, and then Mike Judge had, like, a animated short bit or something, I think about Milton, and then it, like, grew into this movie. So this movie was kind of, like, a happy accident. Yeah. But she said she was only on set for, like, two weeks, and that she was in and out, and she didn't keep any of the buttons or flares. She had no idea what she was doing. (laughs) I think this was just, like, a weird movie. She was just... She wasn't working that summer, and this was just, like, two weeks filming in Austin. So it seems like it was just, like, this easy side job for her. Yeah, like, kind of just thrown together all of a sudden. Yeah, and then it just, over time, grew into this cult classic. Yeah, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. That would be so weird to just do something like that for two weeks, and then it's, like, this iconic movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So weird. I don't understand how movies work. (laughs) (laughs) What is the movie industry? What is it? I I don't know. I'm recording this from my closet. (laughs) So don't ask me. Oh, man. (laughs) We just Google things into a microphone, essentially. Yep, basically. (laughs) We're just compiling things that other people might find interesting. (laughs) Yes. Obviously, also, when she flicks off her boss, it's amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's so funny. I also just think the way that she says it, oh, it's so funny, like... She does, like, the clap, and then she does it. She's, like, psyching herself up for it. Yeah, exactly. And when her boss kind of confronts her for that second time and says he needs to talk to her, she does this, like, deep breath, and as she turns to him, she widens her eyes a bit. And I feel (laughs) like you can just really relate to trying to rein yourself in. Yes. Like that. Yes. Like, with a job that's not paying you enough to put up with stuff like that. Right. Like, you just take a moment, and you're like... I need to hold it together right now. <laughs> Let me You're prepare like, myself no, for Stan. this conversation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, solid score. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So for Jen's hair in this movie, we rated it a one out of two. It's super long. I think mm-hmm. this might have been when she had extensions. I think you might be right. Because it's like in that same era where she had like the, it's just really, really long, like almost to her waist. Mm-hmm. It is really long. It was kind of distracting to me because at several points throughout the movie, there's this one piece of hair that looks like it wasn't totally straightened. So it's like Mm -hmm. kind of crimpy, which is a real world problem. Like this happens to all of us. You spend 45 minutes straightening your hair and then you look at like, you know, well, before COVID, you would go out and then you look (laughs) in the mirror and you're like, dang it. I missed a piece. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like. I don't feel like that should happen in the movies. So I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it was because she was just, she, her character is kind of like unassuming. I wonder if they like wanted her to feel more real or something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's relatable, but yeah, distracting. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> she also does like the, she puts it up in the banana clip, which we've mentioned a few times in some of these like 
90s slash early 2000s movies, which is classic. Brings back mm-hmm. a lot of nostalgia. I can't wear my hair like that. Oh, in the banana clip? Yeah, no. It, like, I think I have too much hair or I don't have a large enough clip. And it always will, like, go around my hair, but I can't get it to attach to my hair, like, <laughs> my head. And then it's just like the Leaning Tower of Pisa of hair where it just slowly pulls away from my head until it's just gonna, this, like, floppy, clipped ponytail. I'm going to have to try it because I haven't, I haven't tried to wear my hair like that in a long time, but I do want to try it. Maybe for our Sunday style spotlight. I cannot get it to stay. Good luck. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. But yeah. there's also the iconic light blue bucket hat. Yes. Which is like so, so 90s. I mean, it's coming back. I know. It is coming back. I, yeah. It's kind of crazy how it's coming back. I still don't envision myself wearing one. Heck no. The last time I wore one, I believe, is when I went to Disney World in the year 2000. <laughs> well, then this was on trend. <laughs> exactly. I, I was Ugh. real trendy then. <laughs> to be honest, I can only think of maybe three people I know who I think could pull off a bucket hat without looking stupid. I could not pull one off, though. I would look like I'm going to fourth grade summer camp. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, <Ugh. laughs> uh, yeah. So hair one out of two. I mean, otherwise, she doesn't really have a lot of hairstyles. No, it's just kind of plain. I mean, it looks pretty. It's very impressive how long it is. But yeah, it's just, it's just sort of plain. It is. And I know, like, in Rumor Has It, her hair is pretty long and pretty plain in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's more iconic in Rumor Has It. In this it movie, is. it's just like she's not, it doesn't, I don't know. It feels a little bit like high schoolish. Yeah. I can't tell how old she is in this movie or how old her character is supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. They make it sound like the guys have been working there for like a couple years or like a year or two. So you'd assume young 20s. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she'd be around that, too. Yeah, I don't know. And then for Would You Watch Again, we gave this movie <laughs> we gave this movie a three out of five. Mm-hmm. It feels like something you could just have on. Yeah. For some reason, and I don't want anyone to be mad, but this feels like, <laughs> this movie feels like Ferris Bueller to me. Like it would just be on TBS yes. or something and I would leave it on while I'm doing something else because I don't feel like I have to pay attention. Because you're right, like the plot's kind of slow. Yes. Y- you can walk away and not miss much. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized, even though I fell asleep the first time, I thought I must have missed a lot. But then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, wait, I didn't actually really miss anything. Yeah. But there are some funny parts to it. I agree. Like, if you had it on sort of in the background, like, the whole Milton subplot and, like, him muttering under his breath is super funny. Like, there are some moments like that that would be fun to see again. Yeah. And I think it's worth it just because it's a cult classic. I mean, it's... Right. It's not a bad movie. It's just not... It's not the best Jennifer Aniston movie. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I guess I also have to say, I feel like a lot of articles and stuff say that Office Space is one of her best movies, and I just don't agree with that. Yeah. First of all, she doesn't have that large of a role. She doesn't have the chance to really show a ton of range. I think that's discounting her other movies. I think it does, too, and I don't know, again, this is the point of our podcast, right, is that it's focused on Jennifer Aniston's performance right? with, like, some plot scores layered in, but, like... This is not her strongest movie. I feel like they just say that no. because it's it's such a well-known movie. It maybe can appeal... And it's not a typical rom-com. Yeah, it can appeal to a wider audience, maybe. Yeah. But I just, like... I think this was one of the things on that original 
BuzzFeed or Marie Claire, whatever article where they were ranking her movies. And I, th- I feel like Office Space was highly rated. And we were like, yeah, no, no yeah, way. No way. Yeah. No, so, sorry. I don't know. Just prefacing that before I reveal the ranking. Yes. <laughs> so to review for Office Space, we gave the plot a 7 out of 10. Jen's character of Joanna, a 7.5 out of 10. Her acting, a 7 out of 10. Her hair, 1 out of 2. And a Would You Watch Again score of 3 out of 5, which means Office Space has a total score of 25.5 out of 37 points and is ranked number 23 out of 38. Yeah. So that's lower middle. Lower middle, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we have to justify ourselves. I think no. I think we've made our points. I think we did make our points. Totally. <laughs> we have defended ourselves. We have, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. As usual, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or find us on Facebook by searching Girl Crush Podcast. You can also email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com. As always, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Tune in next time when we'll be celebrating Christmas in July with office Christmas party. (laughs) She can't get through it. Bye. Bye.